This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, October 18th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The housing market's much-needed correction will continue. The White House has opted not to call for a moratorium on foreclosures. Delaying legal foreclosures would have just made worse the problems in the housing market. So says Mark Calabria, Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. Clearly, in the short term, uh, the continued policy responses that try to prolong the foreclosure process are also prolonging the adjustment of the housing market. But there are also bigger questions in terms of, you know, there's a very big debate going on. What should the future of our housing finance system look like? I think there's a pretty much consensus, left, right, center, whatever, that Fannie and Freddie, for instance, have failed us and we need a new system. I think there's a very big part of that consensus that also says that that new system needs to be based on private capital, that it, that it can't be the government paying everybody's mortgage or guaranteeing everybody's mortgage in the future. However, if you are in a situation as we are in today where there's a potentiality for you as an investor in mortgages, you to lose considerable amount of your investment because of uncertainty of the legal rules or changes in the legal rules, then you raise the possibility that investors start to ask themselves, is it really worth the risk of, of putting my money in mortgage investments? Uh, and we are very much seeing that today. It's an important thing to emphasize that despite the way it gets characterized in the press, this is not so much about borrowers versus lenders. The real hit for this is not going to be on the lenders. The real hit's going to be on the ultimate investor in the mortgage assets, which on some occasions is the lenders, but not always and not most of the time. And right now it's taxpayers. Yes, it's it's worth remembering that the largest single investor uh, in mortgage-backed assets is the American taxpayer. We essentially own Freddie and Fannie, uh, and the Federal Reserve also has over a trillion dollars in mortgage-backed securities on its books. Those losses will flow to the taxpayer ultimately. So any of these uh, losses that come from the mortgage modifications or delays in foreclosing, you know, when the prior the house will continue to decline, obviously the quality of the house might continue to decline too. Uh, people in foreclosure aren't necessarily known to upkeep the house. So there are a variety of things that will push the essentially ultimate recovery down, and much of this will ultimately be borne by the taxpayer. Homeowners vote. A lot more than people who don't own homes. So they continue to be a pretty powerful political constituency. And it's hard to organize the constituency of future homeowners, people who would like to benefit from uh, a dramatic decline in home prices throughout the United States. This is an important point because it's often pointed, you know, painted that any decline in house price is just sort of a loss of wealth. Well, it's more important to really look at housing as you know, a consumption item or something somebody might buy. So any decline in price is to some extent a transfer from owners to potential owners, that is renters. So to some extent, I mean, you get 100% right that Current homeowners vote at much higher rates than renters do. Part of that's because renters tend to be younger uh, and also more mobile. But so making housing cheaper makes it easier for renters to get in. But there is that uh, confluence among let's try to keep house prices above or higher than what they should be. Um, actually quite an anomaly. I mean, we generally don't shed a tear when we see oil prices go down, although that's not good for the economy of Texas off for Saudi Arabia. But we don't look at it in the same way as a store of wealth that many people often look at housing. And there's that mixing and I would actually say, a bit of confusion between it being consumption and investment. There's been, there was some debate leading up to the president's decision about foreclosure. Uh, where does that leave us? 
Well, because of some of the technical problems and mistakes that have come up in the foreclosure process, and, and this really is an outgrowth of we've moved away from you know the old Jimmy Stewart world of you know you buy them, you, you get a mortgage from the bank down the corner and they keep it on their books, to a world where mortgages are by and large sold and sold and sold onto somebody else and securitized. And obviously, if you're doing all of those sales. It's another piece of paper that needs to be filled out, another signature you need, you know, into another uh, documentation that needs to be filed. So we've certainly seen over the last 20 years just an, an explosion of the amount of paperwork and documentation that goes along with mortgages. And obviously, the more paperwork you have, the more potential for something to go wrong. Uh, and so we've seen that occur in the mortgage market where efforts to foreclose, uh, there have essentially been... You know, people have not done the proper due diligence. You know, sometimes the forms haven't been completely filled out. Sometimes there and instances have actually been fraud. Uh, but for the most part, it's not clear how widespread or prevalent that is. And so there's been continued pressure, and much of this is certainly political, where it's once again sort of, you know, me, politician, protecting you, poor homeowner from the big bank. Because if you're not paying your mortgage, of course, it's not your fault. It's the, it's the lender's fault you're not being able to make your mortgage. So a lot of there's political pressure, particularly from those states like Nevada, where there's a tremendous number of unemployment and foreclosure. And it's worth, it's worth observing that the number one reason that anybody is late on their mortgage today is because they've lost their job. And no amount of paperwork errors is going to change that. You know, no amount of writing down the mortgage is going to change that. Uh, so what you're seeing is the political process trying to deliver somebody essentially another six months of free rent. In the housing market, as has been oft repeated, the problem wasn't the bust, it was the bubble. And a lot of these errors had to have been occurring on the way up in terms of the bubble because the people who originated so many of these mortgages pretty much were able to wash their hands of it within days. And that's that's certainly the case. I mean, I, I will say it depends on your perspective. Uh, most people in Washington here seem to think that the problem is not the bubble, but the bursting of it. And if we could just have continual bubbles, everything would be fine. The thing that separates this, and, and I, it's worth saying that every time there's a turn in the housing market, uh, you know, it's certainly painful and foreclosures go up. Now, there are a lot of things that are very different this time around. And as I, as I mentioned, the role of securitization is a much bigger function. The last time that we had the housing market essentially boom and bust, we ended up having, for instance, the savings and loan crisis come out of that. But for instance, looking at the savings and loan crisis, those mortgages were on the books of the savings and loans. We knew who owned them. We knew where they were. We also knew you know, that they, what they were worth to an extent when the housing prices fell. So it was a much easier system to come in and resolve. Now, to some extent, there's not that much ambiguity today with the mortgages. We generally know who the owners are. It's really, in some sense, uh, creative lawyers trying to challenge the documentation to say, you know, do you, do you as the uh, owner, you know, the lender have ownership of this? You know, where's your standing? Uh, it doesn't change the fact that the vast majority of these cases – the borrower and the lender are in front of a court because the borrower is not able to make the mortgage. So it doesn't necessarily change that. Uh, you know, David Axelrod, advisor to the president, used the phrase valid foreclosures. And the substance of many of these foreclosures are valid. There might be technical reasons that there's an error in the paperwork, but it doesn't change the fundamentals of the mortgage is not being paid. 
Mark Calabria is Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.